our voices and the dedication and the passion and the focus on like women and navigating. <laughs> Navavacationing. <laughs> Navigating like our person. Start again. <laughs> Okay. I'm so sweaty. Start with our focus. Okay. <laughs> this is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work to money to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. What's the haps? Oh, there's like a lot going on. <laughs> Firstly, feel ya. I'll start with I'll start with why we've all gathered here today, which is it's Leo season. Yeah. And I'm ready to party. I'm ready to celebrate. I know a lot of people are like really uh, a little adjusted because of the, is it Mercury or Mars retrograde? Both. Both. Oh, that's why it's so crazy. Yeah. And a lunar eclipse and a full moon. Like the world is just, it's calamitous. It's happening. (laughs) So if you want to know what we're talking about, we do an astrology episode specifically, but you know, I'm just here for my birthday. I've got a couple weeks to go. I've started celebrating already, even though it's not even August yet. Um, but soon. yeah, it's uh, it will be when this episode goes out, though. You're right. So welcome to August. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my birthday month. It's Leo season. We ready. Um, so that's one of my updates. I know that we only usually do one a piece, but I thought that that one was pertinent. Um, but my other one. Love your fire. Thanks. <laughs> fire sign all day. Um So last week I was at a conference and I think those are just always, we talk about these a little bit in our uh, continuing ed episode, but I always just really like a conference to hit the reset button, check in with myself, like see what I know, see what I need to know. And it's nice to just like chat with some new folks about like what they're working on. And this one specifically um, is a collaboration between the for-profit world and the nonprofit world. And I work in the nonprofit world. So it's really cool to see what's going on in startup land and what we might be able to take away from that type of environment to implement into our environment in the nonprofit world. Um, So it was good. I feel like I'm ready to like get some big ideas going and see how we can make them happen. I love the the compilation of different industries because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where you get the most inspiration. Well, because you're always like, I live in this world and no one's doing anything new or the things that are being done that are new are like just new enough. But then when you go to a totally different industry and see how you can refer it back to what you do, because there is usually a way to link it, is just you're coming out with like fire ideas because they're just so out of the world that you live in that people are like, I think that's just crazy enough to work. <laughs> and then they do. Yeah. And it's a really exciting place to be. So yeah, that was my my update this week was like getting in front of new people, learning new things, and uh, seeing what we can do a little bit differently. Love it. That was great. What about you? What's going on? Um, you know, just one of those weeks where everything was just kind of like, it happens from time to time. Definitely going to blame it on Mars and okay. Mercury and all all of the, the space. So you're blaming influences. Leo season. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight of my year. <laughs> Your time. No, it's just, I feel like sometimes I get in these modes where it's like, whew, I am feeling a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And how do I declutter my brain and the things that, like, have gotten kind of you to this point? Get me to where I am. Yeah. Because I think, um, the biggest thing is acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to just be like, okay, what can I do? I know that I'm feeling this way. So what are the things that I can do to like kind of get back to, to zero? And um, I think a lot of it has to do with like, I like to be in control of things. Really? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're lying. And so I took it upon myself to kind of like go through my space and like get things organized. I think uh, one of the things that helps keep me like in center mode of like 
feeling in control of my space is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And so when, like, the kitchen's in disarray or, like, I haven't done laundry or, like, there's just stuff piling up that I'm like, I don't use that. I don't need that anymore. So I did another clean out and it felt really nice to declutter again. That's awesome because usually the clean out happens when like you're already far past, not you personally, but for most of us, mm-hmm. the clean out happens when you're far past the breaking point, which makes the clean out suck, but also like so needed that you're about to rip your hair out. Yeah. But by doing it when you're like, I love that you've like acknowledged the feeling that you were having and then worked backward to figure out what you could do to help like a alleviate that feeling yeah and so maybe we should be proponents for the uh monthly and then it's not as big a deal yeah it's not as like big a task when we like look at our space on a more regular basis and really work to clean it out a little bit yeah so i'm into that i recently killed a lot of plants because (laughs) i i I read that and i was like oh (laughs) so I'm in the market for some new... If anybody has any tips on what plants to buy that won't die, uh-huh. <laughs> I need them. And so... I overwater. You know, I have three plants in my home. Three only. And not that I am tasked with keeping them alive, but they are still alive. Yeah. And so I think I will suggest to you maybe... Because did you kill your jade plant? <laughs> I killed my jade plant. Oh, I gosh. killed my aloe plant. I killed Have two you? cacti. <laughs> okay, this this didn't go in the direction I had hoped. But so... <laughs> Have you repotted them ever? Like, I don't know anything about gardening, but, like, we repotted, and that helped. Oh. <laughs> that seemed to do something. See, <laughs> as you say that, I'm like, that seems like stuff. We should do a plants episode to so that I can, like help myself i'll be sitting that episode out if you have any expertise on plants you're welcome to take my spot for that episode (laughs) not only do i have no i have zero interest in plants but i also like i appreciate and fully acknowledge like the aesthetic of like the instagram pages that are full of plants Mm -hmm. i think they're gorgeous and beautiful but as soon as you like even knock on the door of care of plants i am out i am fully out (laughs) And I want to care, but to be honest, the three plants that are alive in our home is because of Doug. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I do think that that would be a valuable episode for some people. <laughs> for me, I, someone needs to send me a link to one that exists. On like, I've literally read countless articles on how to like get through this. And so you know about Food Fifty Two's like offshoot sister of the, just mm-hmm. strictly plants. Have you have you gone there? At yeah. All? So okay. I read all the things on what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I just it's the practice. I think it's it's definitely me. Well, I can see how, problem. as you've said, the in control thing, it's a little tough. Even when there is a directional in front of you that says only water me this amount. Yeah. My instinct is to overwater as well, which is why I've taken it fully off my chore list because yeah. I will do the same thing. I like, I underwater and then I oh, I accidentally overwater. I was like, oh, you probably just want like a little dribble of some water and then Dead. it literally shriveled into now, <laughs> just the ground. Yeah. Dan keeps plants alive, so does he not? Mm-hmm. Okay, so has he ever offered any <laughs> helpful tips? <laughs> I think the other issue, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> is that uh, I don't have as much sunlight as he does in his apartment. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. So yeah. I think I need to have plants that can survive in, like I have sunlight. The dark. The only plants that are alive are the ones closest to the window okay but i like to have plants in other areas mm-hmm. so sometimes we want what we can't have <laughs> plants that can survive in darkness guys that's what you need Hit me up. i feel like we got a little off the rails but are you are you feeling better after acknowledging like where your mental space is at mm-hmm. and how how the decluttering helped how oh, you're yeah. feeling okay good it's like that feeling of just like I don't use this, I don't wear this. Everything now that exists in my space is what I want it to be. That's awesome, and it feels good. Cause and I'm especially working remotely and working from home to have things in the space that just like fill me up with joy. That's all you want. Cause yes. when there's like stuff on tables that are like papers and clutter and bags, it's like it's all you can look at. It's time to donate these things. Yeah. Like let's or recycle or whatever. So it felt good to just like reset. That's really good. And I agree. Like your space, especially when you're in it as much as you are in your space because it doubles, 
is just you want it to feel good and the joy factor I feel like is an underrepresented factor it's like you know what is practical what like looks nice but like what actually brings joy I don't think is as considered unless you've read the Marie Kondo book because she talks a lot about joy and like how you hold something and does it bring you actual joy so I like that that is also a factor in the steps that you're taking yeah good um, what's inspiring you this week? Well, <laughs> well, I found this awesome article on Fast Company yes. about what life will look like in 2100. Oh, the future. It feels so far away, even though, and I know we'll be gone by then, but. <laughs> will we? <laughs> Won't we? I don't know. What year is that? Uh, didn't, <laughs> what, who was it? Like Ray Kurzweil said that we'll like that in the singularity moment, we'll like be able to download ourselves into robots and stuff. I feel like we talk about that now in the same way we talked about flying cars for the now. <laughs> that would be ready and prepared. Ray now. has been right every time. So okay. I, right. I'm going to believe him as a futurist. But anyway, <laughs> I love talking about the future of work because I actually used to do this a lot in my last job. Ah. And so from time to time, keeping tabs on it is just like really fulfilling for me because I think that I like to think about the future. Huge fan of the Jetsons when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But what I loved about the article is that they talked about the idea of in this future world, obviously automation is going to be a huge piece of, you know, what we're living with, but... They talk about the concept of people embracing actually being human and mm-hmm. what being human does to set us apart from machines machines and robots. This is like, you're like <laughs> my whole heart is bursting right now. No, but it was really, the, so we'll link to this in show notes so you guys can take a glimpse at it. But it was really like eye-opening in terms of like so much more freedom will exist because the robots will do all the things that we don't want to do Mm -hmm. and we'll then be tasked with embracing our emotional intelligence and being able to solve problems with the creativity and like brain power that machines and robots don't come with and they don't and i I, we talk a lot about AI in a lot of different spaces, I feel like, that I interact with. And AI is exciting, but also incredibly terrifying because of the way that a machine can learn behavior. And I know one thing that went super viral from what I remember was the um, person at a salon having a conversation with, like, Alexa or one of those things. And you couldn't tell the difference because the inflection... And the questions, like, everything sounded human. And that's that's really scary. But, like, no matter what happens, that machine will only sound human. They will yeah. not be human. Right. And so I have always been a proponent for, like, the soft skills and mm-hmm. communication and be able to, like, write well and, like, know grammar and things like that. And so I think this is a really interesting thing because it's exactly what I would always want to be true. So to know that, like, the experts are, like, that's that's looking to be uh, what's going to happen is a little more comforting. Yeah. And I just, I love the idea of our work lives being more flexible and like leaning into the the element of us working and thinking about things from more of like a higher level of here's what we bring to the table as humans. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of potential. Well, and you think about it, I even think about it in terms of like what I do for work, what you do for work, and how like at the core of what we do is is about relationships mm-hmm. and like all the other stuff we have to do to get to that point, some something could do. Something could do. Yeah, I and would love it if a robot took over like 90% stuff. I know. that I know. stuff. And then, then I just you... got to be a human and be real and have conversations with people and care. Right. And they can be, like, <laughs> authentic because you're not thinking about, like, all the crap you had to do to get there. Like, and I think everybody... You're like, you used to be a number and now you're not. Right. And I have to detach myself from you as a number. <laughs> like, and I know your name and, like, things about you. And yeah. because we both work in, like, relationship work, it's really nice when we actually, like, get to that point in, yes. in the, like, continuum of the job and being able to, like, fully connect with someone. And if we could just focus on that by 2100, is that what we call it? 2100? <laughs> Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. When we get there, then hopefully 
will be fully on board with that. <laughs> I'm now thinking about it in like tw- two, 21s. Is it like 2,100? 2,100. Because we called the 2000s, which is what we're in right now, 2018. I guess like when is 21? It'll be like 2101. Yeah, maybe I am saying it wrong. What did Tw- you say? 2100. That's what I said. I think that's right. 2100. Is that what people are going to say? Year 2100. It's going to be so hard to say 2100. 20, <laughs> I hope I'm not there for it because we're already, it's not. I can't guys. do it. It's going to have to be a full learning curve. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What's inspiring you? So, as I just talked about, the conference that I was at, um, pulling in the for-profit and the non-profit world, but what one of the sessions, so we, it was like a full like day and a half of like back-to-back keynotes and panels and really exciting things that are happening in a, in a bunch of different industries. But one of the keynotes um, was by a woman named Becky who works um, as the director of recruitment at HubSpot. And if is as soon as she got on stage and I saw director of recruitment, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be like my favorite thing ever. Because what she talked about was the company culture aspect of HubSpot. So we've talked a little bit about HubSpot before. They are like, they are uh, marketing and like solutions and all of that kind of stuff, right? And and like they work they with small like a, to medium businesses mm-hmm, specifically. They have like a learning academy to like master marketing and social media. And Very cool. Sales and development. So many things. And I liked learning because I've heard of it before and I have on my like to-do list a class to take from the HubSpot Academy, which I'm really excited about. But to have someone like up there in front and talk about like what's so great about the company is really exciting and how many people they are strong and that their focus is on small to medium businesses, which I think is like forever an underserved market when it comes to affordable marketing and social media Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, But she was talking about the HubSpot culture and how they built it and what they focus on. And I am, we've talked about this in the company culture episode. I think I feel like I talk about it as an inspiration point, like every three or so episodes, but they have this deck, much like Netflix's deck. They have a, um, a, it's called the Culture Code at HubSpot. And they go through and they have like 10 um, different points that they touch on and focus on. Um, and I just loved learning about it. It was really inspiring to see a large company understand how important culture is and what role each person at the company has within that culture. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that like what they do is not difficult. It's not hard to implement culture in the way that they do it. It's completely doable, but the focus absolutely needs to be there. It can't just like happen on its own. I mean, actually, you know what? It can happen on its own, but like the leadership should want to be able to shape and like shift it the way that they want to before it creates itself. And so, you know, what Becky talked about was that you have to do that kind of work. Like you have to make that a priority at your company. Um, And then she acknowledged that like this culture code is not the first version of it. It is actually, it's grown, it's changed, it's shifted. And she's like, when your company grows and changes, you need to grow and change your culture. Like if you stay the same, but your company changes, then like those things don't continue to line up. So it was just really exciting to hear her talk about something that they do really, really well over there and how they do it. And especially their collaborations and understanding that not only for like their customers and to know, have their customers know what their culture is, but for their recruitment efforts, like that's a huge part of why people come to HubSpot is because of their culture and not just Mm -hmm. the great work that they're doing. So that was my inspiration because it's just forever a huge interest topic of mine, because I do think it's one of the most important things that a leader can create at their company or that wherever they land in the leadership world knowing the culture of the team or the department or the company that you work with and and how you influence that culture is going to kind of make or break your like future as far as your talent goes and if you want great customer service you need great talent mm-hmm. um and i am always in the thought of customer service because that is what comes naturally to me and so this was just great to hear her break it down and and she was a phenomenal presenter like <laughs> on top of everything else 
I love when there's a great topic paired with a great presenter because I feel like when it's a great topic paired with someone who's like uncomfortable or not as seasoned or not not not, not wanting to be there for any reason, that comes through and it takes away from like the reason that you're giving yeah, the, the talk. Meat, the meat of the discussion. <laughs> exactly. So she was an awesome presenter and, you know, it made you really think about, okay, how is this happening where I am and how do I influence it at the place that I am and what conversation should I start? So it was great. It was really, really cool. Yeah, I'm going to read that one. Yes, it's so good. It's like a 128 slide deck. So oh. it's long, but it's but it's one of those decks that's like got like a Did she word. do that in this? She this didn't session. go through all 128. I don't know. <laughs> oh. No, she went through like the 10 like lessons. Oh, okay. And then um, she related it back. So this was for my full-time job that I was there for. So she related it back to how we relate to, like, our alumni and friends and donors of the college and things like that. Which, like, again, and how you relate to the people who work in your department. So, like, it was very – it definitely was – necessary and good for the people in the room to learn about but yeah she only talked about the 10 lessons and then like would reference pieces of the deck got it within that so cool though super cool so yeah so we'll share that um it's on linkedin but it's um we'll share the the link over to the linkedin page yeah awesome okay brianna give it to me straight what are we talking about today we're tackling personal branding and why it matters yeah Primarily the basics, because you can really dive into the perspective of each topic within personal branding, which we will eventually do for you guys. Mm -hmm. But I think getting at the basics of it and why it's important to establish and promote yourself and what you stand for and what makes you stand out is so immensely valuable when it comes to pretty much everything that you do Mm -hmm. and thinking about it because again like kind of in the mode of like applying for jobs right out of college so many people have like social media woven into what they do on a day-to-day basis right um they will look at your social media channels when you're applying for jobs a thousand percent um i think it's really important to understand like what actually exists out there in the world about you Mm -hmm. if you know you're existing on the internet. You should have Find some yourself on the internet. You should have some control over that. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that what's cool about that is that like the whole element of personal branding is a very unique combination of your skills and your experiences that set you apart from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of the way that you start to think about this too as you're growing in your industry is like maybe you're going to start speaking at conferences or maybe you want to be published in magazines or on a blog or establishing relationships with people in your industry Mm -hmm. all of this comes into play when you're basically like making a name for yourself and so you have to have a grasp on that absolutely it's really important (laughs) and i think that's the thing that people like that's that takes a long time to build but if you're Mm -hmm. coming into a position and the person that's hired you knows like your experience with the topic or with the industry like that all packages together it's not just like a bullet point on your resume it is part of who you are and how you present out to them as the employer and if you are one of those people that wants those speaking opportunities like it doesn't just mean like going and getting them it is like really doing the work to build up to that point and like show what you're doing on the side to be ready for that opportunity for sure so true and i think it's also a distinction of like we're not talking about this from the perspective of like you're gonna be a social media influencer right right it's Whereas, like, there are people who decide to create a passion project because it's something that's innately important to who they are and what motivates them. Yeah. And then eventually become an influencer because they've established their name within the marketplace around that specific topic or theme or scenario. So that's, like, best of both worlds. But you're not – you don't wake up one day and be like, goal, be an influencer. Right. (laughs) You have to have, like, the the – person not the personality but like the industry behind it or like the the 
craft or whatever the heck it mm-hmm. is. It's not the right word. I want to say passion, but we say passion so often. But something like that where you like they're associating you with that thing or that topic. It's not just like, oh, they're just on the internet. Yeah. It's like, what are you on the internet for? Not um, just for taking beautiful photos. Right. What's right. the story behind it? Exactly. And even like thinking back to when we talked about Angie uh, for that first re- first round review article from last week that I talked about, like how she didn't consider herself an influencer, although other people do because her voice is so strong within mm-hmm. the women in tech community. But like we like we talked about, there was so much that happened before that point. But from the moment she decided that was what she was very willing to have her name tied to whenever she was talking, giving a talk, talking to anybody in any networking opportunity. Like she was fully tied to that industry and was like fine hitching her horse there. Like that's what she decided and she wanted. But the influencer conversation didn't even happen until far down the line. No, it's like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Because like when I think about myself, it's like the last eight years have been me creating and figuring out what led to us being here at Queen Speaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny because, like, my personal brand from college is quite different from my personal yeah. brand now. But, you know, like, there are definitely things that overlapped. I think, like, talking about kids and having a personal brand, that's definitely a stretch and definitely weird. But I think if you think about traits that you had Mm -hmm. and continue to have as you've grown up, like that is part of your personal brand. Like even though I've changed a lot since college, there were definitely pieces of me that have stuck around that I'm still really proud of and that I would like kind of feed into who I am as a person. But and I imagine the same is true for you, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to at least it's like one of those necessary things that as you're navigating your life, this process helps you decide where you want to go next. Absolutely. And we'll talk more about this later in the episode. But like and I don't even want to spoil it by using the word, but there's like some really important words that go into like how you think about yourself and talk about yourself Mm -hmm. and and some people don't don't like bring all of those pieces together, which is okay right now. But I think it gives you a really strong sense of self. And and what brand was for so long in in my mind was like McDonald's or like the actual company. So like this this change of it being your personal brand and talking about it in like the human factor is a little bit different, but, like, the reason you do it is not. Like, you associate certain things with that company, right? So, like, you have control of what people associate with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm excited to get into this because it really it is in your hands, and, and this is a fun, like, control <laughs> that you can have instead of letting else someone, like, set the narrative for you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, what was I going to say? Let's speak at Queens. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So uh, first things first, go out, Google yourself. Yes. Let us know what you find out. <laughs> yeah, because I hadn't done this until I read that you put that on there. <laughs> did you do it after I, I did that in the Okay. Yes. So everything's cool. <laughs> when you when you see what pops up, it's, you know, that's there's a strong chance that there have been a lot of people in your life that have Googled your name. And if mm. you're not, there's actually, I should find this, there's a really great moth episode uh, about a woman who Googled herself and Was and the like personality. is so funny. Really? And from like a, like a dating element and like just creating who she wanted to be. I'm going to like, I'm going to find it because uh, taking control of that or actually just like figuring out how you exist on the internet is important and the perception that that like the moment that you do it yourself you're like whoa yeah i now realize that everyone has the ability to type my name into a search box and see everything it is very grounding like yeah i love the the pale blue dot conversation about like we are like a minuscule minuscule piece of this overall like crazy huge universe that we're a part of but at the same time like someone can still pump your name into a search engine and find stuff out so like you can think of it as like i am nothing in comparison to the everything but if you have like job aspirations and things you want to do and even if you don't like don't you kind of want to know just for your own wherewithal and it's like that grounding factor that kind of like you're like oh this is what people can see and that's kind of empowering in a way too yeah because just from the basics 
that's an employer or whoever it is that you're sending a pitch to and requesting anything from oh yeah they're gonna google you well like in any job too like <laughs> it literally any job can do this so think about that <laughs> yeah and your future husband or girlfriend <laughs> partner whoever they're googling your name yeah so anyway the the point here is that I think bare bones, basic stuff, you need to get your personal social media in check. Mm -hmm. Um, For whatever reason, I I think in my sense, I didn't go through and like hide and or delete a lot of just inappropriate things from college on my personal social. Mm -hmm. Um, For, and I have no idea why. But I was like, I just didn't think it mattered. I just thought of, I was like, oh my gosh, this one person now has access to this information and I need to get this in check. And didn't think about it in the context of like employers or anything like that. I was like, I've got a job. Well, and it was, it's funny that you say that because I think a lot of people went back and did that like when they started dating someone new, like you said, Mm -hmm. or like their parents were now your friend on Facebook and you're like, oh my God, I need to like really lock a lot of this stuff down. But you're right. Like, nobody was really thinking about it in terms of, like, what your employer was. But as we've seen in, like, the right now current news media is that, like, what you do on your personal time can for sure get you fired. Oh, yeah. Like, and it has happened. Oh, and it's happened for, like, in my opinion, some of the best reasons to get these people fired. But it can also be like, oh, I didn't know that person was, like, doing stuff like that on the weekend. And that doesn't really line up with who we are as a company. And I'm sure that there are ways to fight that from the HR perspective. But, like, that's a reality now Yeah, that people I feel like forget in like heat of the moment or something like that but you really should not forget it yeah and I love the question of I can't remember where I first heard this but someone once said to me if your grandma saw your Facebook or your Instagram or your Google search results would she be proud of you or would she be appalled yeah and when you think about it from that sense of like Graham (laughs) no (laughs) but you know what's so funny so I put this on here because I'm like controversial point like I think that considering your future and the people in your lives is really very important but like the choices that you make are your own so if you feel passionately about about a topic that like Graham isn't like super keen on for sure you have to like kind of get to that point with yourself and settle that within your own being but like you also can't be the victim if there's backlash. Yeah. Because you've, like, you've made a very strong choice. You have all the tools available to know what's out there. And you still made that choice. So you don't get to play the victim after, like, Graham doesn't call you for two months because she's pissed. So I think that, like, if you're going to throw your weight behind something, be really, really ready to, like, lose everything potentially. <laughs> Which might be a lot, but still. But that's the thing is, like in the age that we live in you need to have an opinion Mm -hmm. and so if you're gonna throw some stuff around on the internet you need to be able to stand behind it and i think that also the flip side of that is like don't be a troll Mm -hmm. and like not stand behind your own name and the things that you say because i think that's like the worst human that exists on the internet because they're just pushing buttons and causing problems and like fueling fires that just create more issues in the world or just like make people feel bad about themselves or cause other people problems Mm -hmm. no one needs that and there's more and more ways to find out who you are if you're choosing to remain anonymous like there are some really smart people out there that can crack your like BS code pretty fast. And so I agree. I think those are the worst kinds of people because if you're going to show up and say something, like, freaking show up. Yeah, like, Use say it face. to my face. Yeah, man, because <laughs> I've got an army behind me that's ready to get going. <laughs> but I think, like, you're right. Don't don't be a troll. But if you choose to, then, like, at least, you know, have the cojones to put it all out there. For sure. So we're not advocating for that. No. <laughs> We're advocating for kindness and kindness. joy happiness uh and like love and and peace and exactly what we started this podcast for which is like using your voice owning your voice Mm -hmm. but learning how powerful it can be and how you use it it can go the distance and you have all the control about what that looks like and sounds like and that's really like what we want to get into around the personal branding conversation yeah and when you when you're getting started to thinking about the element of just like this stuff is gonna exist 
pretty much forever yep. in these lands. We should just come to terms with that now. Yeah. So, like, how do you want to be perceived by the world? And so in order to actually assess that, you have to take a step back and answer some questions about yourself. Yep. And what's important about that is, like, what are your values? What is it that you do stand for? Mm-hmm. What's inspiring you? And this kind of helps to, like, these questions help open up your brain to just, like, what are the things that even come to me as things that are of interest to me and mm-hmm. allows you to pinpoint more specifics around, hey, maybe this is something that I can navigate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But then also thinking about personal and professional interests. What are your goals? What have you already accomplished? Right. That's and a big one. It's like in that sense of just being able to like take a minute and sit down and assess these questions about yourself that allows you to navigate a little bit more of the behind the scenes start to you creating your personal brand. Absolutely. And I think that there are other things that you can also consider about, like if you have acquaintances, what would they say about you? Or what would, we talked about the board of directors, your personal board of directors during the mentorship episode, what would those people say to you? If you have like some kind of a reputation at this point in your life, you probably know at least a little bit about it. And considering those things as you start to build this too, will be really helpful and important. And I just think like, the, the phrase personal branding can feel really big or can feel really corporate or can feel really like out of your wheelhouse. But if you think of it in terms of the questions that you've just talked about and breaking it down to that level, like it's just a better sense of self and what you're presenting to the world. We'll get into a little bit later about like what physical forms those presentations might take as far as like internet stuff. But mm-hmm. like asking these questions, I think is just important as a baseline and yeah, then, you should definitely be doing this on a yearly basis if you're not for sure, already. For sure. But then, like, it's so funny because we talk about it all the time, like, that's that person's brand. And I always feel so dumb when I say it. But, like, it really is. It's really part of, like, who they are and how they're walking through this world. And sometimes those things are funny. And sometimes those things are bad. And sometimes those things are, like, ad- adm- admirable. Um, but they are... They are things that come right to mind. I'm like, oh, that's their brand. I get it now. Like, yeah. I see what they're doing. And if you're having a hard time assessing this for yourself, picking out some people who you're really inspired by, mm-hmm. what is it that they stand for? What is it that like you're attracted to in the things that they say, the things that they do? What do you admire about these people? Mm-hmm. And how do you define that within yourself? Right, right. I think what's fun is that like, so recently, LeBron James has been getting a lot of heat from, like, the political sphere that he, is like, just needs to shut up and, like, what, dribble? Shut up and dribble? That's what they're telling him. So for a long time, I'm sure he's always had things to say about different administrations, but, like, for a while, he's, like, a basketball player. He has a very nice wardrobe. He dresses very well. He's He seems to be a family man. He's got a ton of little ones running around. So, like, for a while, that was his personal brand. Now he's speaking up and speaking out about politics and how how he feels about them and, and where he stands on them, that's now become part of his personal brand. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you think about it's it... It's a new offshoot. Exactly. And, like, and it's an important one. And I do think, like, that stay in your lane conversation is is okay for sometimes. But, like, the stay in your lane conversation when it comes to, like, your freedoms and your life and, and being politically active is, like, that's not a stay in your lane conversation. That's a, we're all, we're part of this... <laughs> this United States. And if you have something to say about it, friggin' speak up. But um, I think that's like an interesting way to think about like a change that can happen from the celebrity level. Yeah. And I think the second that you have that celebrity status or like the influencer status, the fact that people are listening to you allows you to say, okay, now people, now I have, you know, the pulpit. Mm -hmm. I'm on my soapbox. How are you going to use it? How am I going to use this and use it for good. Right. <laughs> I think about like Reese Witherspoon as a good example oh, of how she went from being like, you know, an amazing actress, Legally Blonde, Sweet Home Alabama, all these like great. <laughs> all these like Oscar winning Feel films. good. You know, well, okay, then we can They're think great. about her. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> In the Johnny Cash movie, didn't she, she get was nominated? Great. For she that? was okay. nominated. <laughs> so. But, like, that's how people know her as, like, this girl next door. And then she gets to a point where she's like, hey, what's up? I'm a power player now. I'm, you know, establishing my own production company and empowering women to 
make the films and tell their write stories. the scripts and tell the stories that I was, you know, never able to tell in the element that I grew up in. Yeah. And now I want to be able to use my power in this way for good. Absolutely. And what's fun about that is that, like, her personal network probably knew all about, like, that side of her. Yeah. But to the public, she was in in some really great roles and, like, a great actress and seemed like a lovely person from a distance from what we saw. But, like, to then see her voice being used in this way now in her control is, like, another kind of like you said offshoot to that personal brand that now includes a lot of people that really needed to hear that and needed her influence to break into that sphere yeah and i think that this is like the important part of this conversation is that you plant a seed and it grows Mm -hmm. and none of this happens overnight and if you expect it to you're doing it wrong right you're well you're doing the thing that i do which is tending to get ahead of yourself and forgetting all the work that needs to happen in between like the speaking the idea aloud and actually seeing it <laughs> go somewhere. <laughs> There's a lot that happens in between those That's things. That's what I'm here for, Sid. I know. That's why we make <laughs> such a good team. Um, there was this fun article from Quicksprout that I found about building a brand, and I liked it because it was something I could totally <laughs> identify with myself. So this guy, one of the authors was saying, like, from the time he was little, he couldn't see out of the window of his parents' backseat car, but, like, he could see the golden arches. Aww. And if you can't, if you don't know the golden arches i'm not going to tell you because you you need to you need to know <laughs> so he was like every time i saw the golden arches i knew i was going to get burger and fries like I, like i was excited that's i was happy cute. and i was ready to go but i thought that was really funny because like that's kind of the same thing as you as a personal brand right like somebody sees you and they instantly associate something with you like i can off the top of my head think of the happiest and most lovely person that i've ever met in my whole life and as soon as i see her i'm like oh my gosh she just brings me joy just by seeing her face and it's me right it's you (laughs) and in addition to you the lovely uh virginia who did our logo work she's just oh yeah the love like you see her and her personal brand is just like exploding happiness and love all the time but think about how that applies to you and where you're at in your own life like if you're seeing some someone like or someone seeing you what was the last interaction you had with that person what does your online presence look like that that person probably knows about and like really considering all those things but I thought that was funny to relate it to exactly what we talked about before where we used to think of this just as a company and what the brand was of that company like that's what you have to think about now as well. Yeah. So as you're getting started, I think in this process of defining the answers to all those questions that we kicked this section off with, what are actually like the process processes that you need to follow through on? And I think the bare bones basics are you updating your resume and your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Because from the get-go, I think... Of all the things that need to be kind of consistently utilized in a multitude of ways in your life, those are the two professionally and I think personally of like, if you want to be known as something and to be able to shout out your accomplishments and link to things or, you know, have some control within that, Mm -hmm. that's the place to get started. Because from there, then you can grow into some of the more advanced, like, are you going to build a portfolio? Are you going to create a website? But I think when you're thinking about the starting point of you establishing your personal brand and what you're basing your future life on, Mm -hmm. what, what do you need to, like, what is it that you're achieving? You've set the goals for yourself. And then is it something that you're doing to like start a side project? Are you just trying to make yourself more marketable to future employers? Or is it like you establishing yourself as an expert in a certain area or a certain industry? And being able to narrow that focus a little bit helps you identify the areas that you need to like pinpoint first to to be able to set yourself apart and understand where you need to go from there. Absolutely. And I think the resume and LinkedIn, it shouldn't be just before you need to like hand it in for a new job or if somebody asks for it for some reason, like it should be that living document that doesn't make you want to like bash your face in when you have to go update it. It should be like the highlight reel of your accomplishments and what you've done and, and why it matters to you and what it shows for what you're capable of. So updating it 
when you've made an accomplishment or when you join a board or when you have a new volunteer experience or when you're working on that new passion project, like do it right away. And that will instantly let other people know that like you care enough about your personal brand to keep up with it and not just kind of, I think there's that line between being humble and then like being like, I don't even know what the other word would be because humble is, is good. But like when you're holding yourself back because you don't want to talk about your accomplishments, I'm sure there's a word for that, right? Like, I just don't know. I have no idea what it is, (laughs) but it's like, you're not doing yourself or anybody else any favors by not talking about that. Um, so don't, don't be that person. (laughs) Just don't, it's just not good. Um, one of the things Seth Godin talks about when you talk about having like that narrow focus is you really want to kind of like dial in on that focus and how you do that and who, who the whales are for that specific topic and who are you talking to about that? There's a reason that if you're trying to like switch industries or try something new, you change your resume to reflect that industry. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't just put everything on there and have no direction, like to have that like niche market identified and have people readily know that's what you're talking about is really, really important. Um, I have different resumes for different themes because I do different things. I've many areas of focus that I have strengths in. Right. And so they're, you know, there's a need and a want to have a specific resume to send to someone around a specific topic. And, you know, I keep mine updated all the time because, like you said, this is something where you should, it shouldn't be an enormous, terrible task. It should be something that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm all, I always have something current because if you're doing a presentation somewhere, they might ask you for that. Mm-hmm. So if you're, in a situation like, you know, Sid and I, we're establishing ourselves as experts. We want to be able to send out, like, here's our queen speaking resume. Right. It's exactly what I was just going to say. Like, you, I'm, I would never hand in the resume that I have for the work that I do right now for anything having to do with the podcast. <laughs> like, they, they would look at me like, are you, like, did you, did this you, is wrong. are you in the wrong place? <laughs> like, I think you meant like five doors over is what you really want. So, like, paying attention to those things is super important. And again, like, all of that feeds into your brand and not trying to be, I think when you're vague in things like your resume and on LinkedIn, like, you're trying to be all things to all people. And as I've learned with this podcast, as I've learned with other things in my life, like you can't be all things to all people. And part of building your personal brand is really narrowing in and not being like, well, I'm the expert on like the 20 somethings to like the 50 somethings plus the 70 plus, but those sixties, I just don't really, I don't mess around with that. So it's like narrow, narrow it down. And one of the things Becky actually talked about that I really enjoyed, she told a story how they work really closely with Glassdoor and she had asked to see like they have those word clouds and the biggest word is like the one that's used most often and autonomy was both the most positive feedback and the most negative. So autonomy lived in both categories and was the largest word on both of the word clouds. And she's like, you know what? That's okay. Because like the people that put that that was a negative, there was a, a thousand other people who put that as their positive. And if they don't like autonomy, we don't want them to work with us because that doesn't line up with who we are. And we're not going to compromise who we are. And I think applying that to the personal brand is a really clear way to say, like, if that's not what you want or who you are, or how you act, then there is absolutely no reason to throw that into, like, the hullabaloo that can become a personal brand if you let it get out of hand. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting story. Another thing that I think is really important to think about, too, that helps you kind of stay on top of these things about, you know, what is it that defines you? As you accomplish things, have a living doc of your accomplishments. Yep. So when it's appropriate to update anything, whether it's, you know, your LinkedIn or your social media or your you know, portfolio, because it's not, sometimes it's like, this is a project and it's going to take me a minute to like dive into all the things that I've done recently. Mm -hmm. So keep, keep a living doc of these things as you've defined, here are the, here are the things that I'm achieving, here are the things that I'm seeking, here are the accomplishments I've had thus far. Mm -hmm. Have that live in a space that's like a, a constantly evolving doc, because when you, when you 
have an achievement or you've successfully completed something, the best moment for you to write that down and acknowledge, hey, this was a great thing. First of all, it's really rewarding to actually take a second and celebrate the fact that you have done something great. And secondly, I think it's necessary for you to also be able to write about it when it's still very fresh in your mind. Exactly. Whether that's from a metrics perspective, if that's something that is tied to this accomplishment, or just knowing like, oh, this article may not exist forever, so let me capture a screen grab of it or save it as a PDF so that I don't lose it right when I'm go back and realize that oh my gosh this magazine no longer has the oh gosh internet versions of x y and z things that I've written all these beautiful articles on and I never got a physical copy right because like I mean I'm sure people I'm sure like if that's you you're a lovely person but like the schmo that's gonna meet you in 10 years isn't gonna know you or believe you when you say like I promise they existed at one point like that's all well and good but like you got you got no receipts you got nothing yeah, scan those babies into the uh, the internet land. Get it going. <laughs> but I do think, like, I think that's a really important piece to all of this is it's not just how you feel about yourself or how other people, like, actually interact with you in person, but it's also, like, where they can go to find things out about you. So those living, those living pieces become very important as, like, not just the Google, but, like, you talked about the social media and the LinkedIn mm-hmm. and the website and even, like, People I know who I've known for, like, since I probably moved back to Rochester, they have a website that is just a kind of a compilation of, like, stuff they've worked on. And I always thought that was really interesting when I first moved back. I was like, why do you have that? Like, that feels like a lot of work for, like, for what reason? Like You're like, oh, because of what you do, this makes sense because you're a photographer. Exactly. Or even if it was a side project, but yeah. just to have it living somewhere, if you want to dive deeper into it at some point, even if it's not your day job, even if it's, like, something that you're like, this is literally, like, the the other form of hobby that is, like, just kind of surface everything like put it somewhere because who knows how it will come in handy in the future it's so important because these things need somewhere to live and that's what allows you to have control over your presence on the internet because i think so like yes your personal brand is like your own entity but because we live in this world where everything exists on the internet that's kind of the sustaining factor of you like establishing credibility in a sense because After a certain point, you're going to say, okay, I've done X, Y, and Z things in my career, and I've been here for three years or something. That's a perfect opportunity for you to ask for recommendations for your LinkedIn page. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, like, relying – so this is how where I'm at with, like, the social media conversation as it relates to personal branding – I think for a long time, from, like, my own perspective, I was open, like, my account was totally open, whatever, like, I didn't really, but then I realized, like, I was kind of all over the place on my social media, and so I kind of shut it down as far as being super open, because I was like, I want to share these things with, like, my friends and family, and, like, I want these people specifically to see these things, but then it's like, is this part of the brand that I'm building? Like, it's a lot of food, it's, like, some travel, but, like, I... I decided at one at some point that like I don't know if that's necessarily part of my personal brand that I share with the outside. Mm-hmm. And so I would suggest from that perspective is like is social media like going to live as part of the um, place that people can go to find out more about you or is that somewhere else? Because if it's not, that's totally okay. But making that decision at the same time that you're asking yourselves those like, what are my values? What am I into? Where am I going? Like all of those things then can help you figure out which living place your personal brand will go. Like, is it just a separate website? Is it its own social media page in addition to your personal one? Like, really starting to ask yourself those questions after you answer the values question, um, I think is something that I have just really started to learn. Yeah, and Career Contessa has a really awesome list that dives deep into, like, the nitty-gritty behind, like, how to actually implement certain things into practice. Mm -hmm. And what I think is important, too, is that, like, yeah, social media exists. And I've heard this from a lot because, like, I listen to a podcast that's particularly targeted to creative entrepreneurs. And so if you're establishing your brand on a social media platform, that platform could die. Yeah. Does everybody remember Vine? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
it's gone now. Anybody? anybody Somebody anybody mentioned you at the conference we were at, and I was like, does he not know? (laughs) It's gone. It's gone. So that's something to think about of, like, if Facebook is like, we don't value Instagram anymore, it's now part of the Facebook program, and they just, like, get rid of it. And it's gone forever and just part of the, like, that could happen. They have the power to do that because Facebook owns Instagram. Right. And if you're sitting here like, my business is based on my Instagram, like, that's that's a really tough space to be. So thinking about where you can have the most control and Mm -hmm. that truly comes back to having access to your brand in your own space of a website that you develop yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of ways that you can do that in a easy, sustainable, templated way if you're not, like, pro-status website developer. thousand percent. It's what I would always default to. Um, The Muse had a similar, like, a literal A to Z, which is kind of, like, kitschy, but it was cute. But they do. They do a little bit more of a deep dive as well, as I'm sure Career Contessa did, about, like, where these things can live, and we'll share that as well. But just, like, more options And it's not meant to be overwhelming, at least like from where we're sitting, we don't ever want it to feel like that. But I think having access to all of the information about how to start helps you figure out like, okay, what's going to work best for me? Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah, because I think in a lot of ways, this comes into play really well for how we established Queen Speaking, because both of us didn't really think about this in the context of like, yes, when I graduated college, I worked in social media. So I was like, all right, my social media should probably be pretty professional. I'm also a really tame person, so like I was never <laughs> by doing nature. Crazy. That's not even like just like there's not. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say like that is that is exactly what it is. It's not like in in person. Like for your close friends, you're a totally different person. Like I think the persona that you put on the internet is very like on point with the person you are when people actually meet you and get to know you and and love you. So you're doing a great great job at being authentic. (laughs) And that's exactly the why behind what we do. So when we (laughs) we started this up, it was really like, why why does this matter? Why do we want to start this community? Why do we keep coming back to this important need for us to have these conversations? And I think that's where it's important for you to think about, again, to use the word passion, but like what matters to you Mm -hmm. and what keeps you up at night where you're like, I want to keep having this conversation with people. Then keep like, make that your story. Right. And I think that emotional connection piece is really the thing that kind of sets everybody apart. And Simon Sinek really uh, said said it the best. The brands that have the most impact ask the why question when talking about you know anything that they do from a marketing standpoint right and they build out from the why yeah and like figure out why that's the center and then you build all the way out to the how the how is like the last piece of it and what is it that's your story Mm -hmm. tell your story and for us this was like this is who we are we need to lean into like our quirks and Meredith Crawford, and uh, who's a founder of Solerno Media, mm. she shared in a Forbes article that, like, that's a super key point to building your personal brand, is that it, you need to, like, lean into the awkward quirks or the things that set you apart because that's what people are actually going to follow and care about. If you try to be someone that you're not, no one's going to pay attention because they're, like, they're going to notice and it's going to feel weird. Yeah. And I think that's something that we have continued to learn is that, like, I think both of us on our personal pages don't, like, we share food and we share, like, friend stuff some of the time. But, like, as far as stuff about us and, like, what we talk about on this podcast, which is, like, very real for both of us every single day, we it was uncomfortable to move from, like, the podcast to the Instagram for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And maybe it's because of the likes and you can actually see people engaging with it in real time. <laughs> But, like, that was a hump we had to get over yeah. in a, in order to really, like, continue with what we wanted to build with Queen Speaking. Um, and this was, like, kind of the first thing I wanted to be fully associated with on, like, my personal level. I was really comfortable with being – I think it's – so. I always think about this story, and you'll probably remember it. We were at a holiday party for someone, and they were like, this is Brianna from so-and-so, this is Amy from so-and-so, and this is Sydney. <laughs> 
<laughs> because at that point there was nothing and that was fine and I thought that was I thought it was just really funny but for both of you at that point like you were so tied to the brand that you were part of and I just didn't have that and I think I kind of attached myself to like the small business community brand mm-hmm. which I still fully support and I'm all down with but as far as like Queen Speaking is the first thing that I've wanted to be like, yes, every time you think Queen Speaking, I want you to think Brianna and Sid every single time. Mm-hmm. And because it's it's a reflection of who we are, it is uh, something we're both really proud of with our voices and the dedication and the passion and our focus on women and navigating our personal and professional lives. And just all of those things were something that I was super ready to not just do the work to continue to create, but also like hitch hitch my horse entirely too. And I think it goes back to, and I still, I know I talked about this on the last episode. I think it's become my motto, as you said, like that decide and declare. Yeah. Like, I think that those things, when you're ready to speak it loudly and in front of whoever, and you're ready to own it, like that's when you kind of know like, okay, maybe this is the right track. Maybe this is like a direction I want to continue going in. Yeah, I think that's a, a really big piece of it is just being comfortable because it, it was a little different for us because, like, everything that we do outside of Queen Speaking, we talk about things from kind of, like, a third-party stance. Right. Of, like, yeah, we support this. And, like, <laughs> we're behind you guys and your mission and what you do. But then we had to actually take a dive into the abyss of the things that we care about. Mm-hmm. And it does take a second to, like, figure out what matters to you and, like, what you actually want to stand behind. But it's so powerful to be able to say, like, this is what we do Mm -hmm. and this is what matters to us as podcasters. And here's what vision we're trying to create for our future world and the things that we want to teach people. Mm -hmm. And just the element of being able to like navigate it from the perspective of like I'm I'm just excited that I'm learning more about myself as I've done this. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think about like so how um we've both learned a lot about ourselves and continue to push ourselves I think through this process, but we're also getting more comfortable sharing that we are just lifelong learners mm-hmm. and that that's something that we're super committed to and I think like so next week I'm going and before I think I've I've mentioned Chelsea I think almost every episode but we're gonna go continue to work on her capsule wardrobe and like finish out the job and figure out what we still need to get but at that and during that same trip we're also going to do a little vision boarding and figuring out yeah and I'm just I'm excited because I think this fully flows into that and like bringing these questions up at that same time of like okay these are the visions and this is what you want but like how do you tie into these things and Mm -hmm. what parts of you are connected here? And I think a lot of this really all flows together about that consistent learning about who you are and what matters to you and why. Um, And it's really empowering and it's super, super exciting. Yeah. I think as you're starting to get this, like the, the building process, the building blocks in place, really it's much like how companies and organizations get started. It's like, you need to have collaboration in mind and co-branding opportunities in mind because that's going to ha- help you establish yourself in those early days and give you that solid reputation of like, we stand behind what you believe in. And so we want to shout you out or include you as like a contributor on our blog or whatever. So how can you associate yourself with other great brands who do great things that kind of saddle up with what you do? Exactly. And establish yourself as reputable within the scope because no matter what, you're going to have similar areas of interest. And like the way that we think about it is like, okay, who are our like top five power players that we like consistently admire and shout out and rely on for Mm -hmm. input as well and of course we need to give back to those communities because they've given so much to us absolutely and if i can give any piece of advice for people who are like figuring this out read the whole article before you retweet it and like i think this even with the people that we know always have super solid articles really solid like resources everything like that but i think there's there's like 
a show for every single uh, like major what is it comedy show where there's an episode where somebody messes up and like <laughs> retweets or quote tweets like the wrong like the the headline looked really good and like something I would totally agree with and then you read halfway into the article you're like oh my gosh so went negativo <laughs> so, yeah it took a hard left turn so like knowing in fully vetting who those collaborators are and who those co-branding partners will be, it, it's not just like, oh, surface-wise, you look great and it looks like we have a lot in common. But then once you take a step inside the door, like, do your research and figure out, like, make sure that they are the right partner for you and that it's not just for you to get exposure from their audience or for them to get exposure from yours, but someone you're like, I'd buy your stuff or I read your stuff or I fully stand behind your vision and everything like that, too. Yeah. And as we got into what we were doing, when we were like, okay, we're making a podcast, let's do this. We defined what our future was yeah. before we even got started so that we could lay the groundwork. Yeah. And I think that's the important piece here is that like you need to have the vision of who you're going to be and what your personal brand represents before you even get started. Because until you know what that is, you can't build the path to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's important to also remind, again... Those building blocks take time. Time and patience, man. I'll tell you what. But it's so worth it. And I think, like, we celebrate all our small wins that we consider to be, like, building blocks of wins. But, like, they're still wins. And they're still things that are moving us in the direction of really, like, fully fleshing out what Queen Speaking looks like and how we continue to build this brand and who we stand with and who we promote and how we promote them and who we are as individuals and how that feeds into what this is. Because that's the other thing. If you're building a company or a brand with another person, it needs to be both of you. Like it really, it can't be, unless you've made a full decision for it to be one-sided, but like having those conversations about how you will both show up for the brand Mm -hmm. and making sure you're both represented is another way to really make sure like you're covering all your bases. But there's one thing that I think is always really funny and we'll end it here. But one of Doug's like major brands that he always calls out when we're walking around is like dad's on vacation brand. And I just always think it's so funny, but like what just came to your mind when you think of dad's on vacation and we'll be walking around and he's like, that's on brand. (laughs) And I know exactly (laughs) what he's talking about. And so it's like, think of it in terms of yourself or or companies or people that you admire, like that's on brand for that person. Like Mm -hmm. the person that's always out volunteering, super on brand. The person that's like out having beverages at the new hot place, super on brand. Like what is someone going to look at you and say that's super on brand for them? And it is positive and exactly what you want and how you've controlled the narrative. All up to you. I want to start clapping. (laughs) (laughs) And wrap it up. I love it. (laughs) It's exciting stuff for sure. Yeah. So again, we talked about this being like the basics starting point. So hopefully this gives you something to tackle from the beginning standpoint of your personal brand. And if there's things that come up that you're like, I need to know how to navigate something within this. We want to cover it and we definitely have plans to like deep dive into some of these other things that we talked about within the episode. But let us know if there's anything that you're like, hey, LinkedIn, hit me up. Yeah. Like, what's this next step? What should this look like? And if we can't help you, then we know people who can. Sure thing. For sure. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.